Hello, 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 people. It's your host, Amadou Karoma, and I'm back with another episode. In today's episode, I have another guest for you guys. This episode might be a different one because we're talking about something totally different from what we've been talking about. But nevertheless, let me go ahead and introduce a guest. This is a close friend of mine, another close friend of mine. Brother recently just graduated from ODU, like me. It seems like all my brothers are winning. And, you know, I'm going to congratulate him on that achievement. But nevertheless, let's go ahead and introduce him. My brother, Adam. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, like you said, recent grad from ODU. So, yeah, I appreciate you one more time for the congratulations. Um, I'm doing good, you know, alive. Made it to the new year. You know, had a good holiday. Um just looking forward to the next step in life, uh, whether it'll be here or anywhere else outside of Virginia, outside of the 757, wherever it may be. But, you know, I'm just taking those steps to becoming a better person, a better man, better son, better everything. And yeah, that's it for real, for real, man. Yeah, man, that's great to hear, man. I'm glad you're starting to take those next steps in life, man. I can only imagine what going through your head, bro. It's just, uh, it's a journey, man. Just take it one step at a time. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah, but for this episode, man, this episode is going to be a good one, man. So for people that you guys don't know, we typically talk about motivation on this podcast and intriguing topics. But today we're talking about the most simplest things in our life. We're talking about music today. So music has a very special place in my life. I have definitely listen to it at a very young age and music invokes a lot of emotion feeling and motivation and so many things in my life and i hold music in a very special place in my heart and i listen to various types of music to invoke certain kinds of emotion within myself but for you adam my question is what is your earliest music memory um that's a good question so um, for those of you who know me, like you know, I play instruments and whatnot in church in general, but I would say I don't remember listening to music per se, like whether it's like a cassette or like a CD or like an MP3 player, nothing, nothing like that. I do remember the first time I like visually saw music because I grew up in church and whatnot, like most singers who grew up in church and whatnot. And my first memory of music was congas and listening to people play on congas. And then eventually I started playing congas and whatnot. So I don't, I don't really have like that first like song or like that first album that most people do. My first memory of music really per se is congas. Now I can remember like, the first songs I remember listening to. Now that I would say would have to be funny enough, Crank That by Soldier Boy. And then, <laughs> hey. I swear, because back in the day, um, this is looking kind of my age, but back in the day, Yahoo, the website we see now was totally different uh, 18 years ago. So back then they used to have like the top music in the country. And I remember I was, I was seven years old because Crank That was 2007. I was right. seven years old. And um, I remember I see a song called Crank That. And I remember, like, obviously, like, I couldn't play certain music out loud in the house and whatnot because, yeah. you know, rap cursing and whatnot. And I remember watching Soldier Boys Crank because I was on it early. Like I said, I was on that website, like, every single day, like, checking and checking and checking. Um, and he had a song called Crank That. And I remember the first time I heard it, I didn't listen to it. I saw it. The first time I saw it, I didn't listen to it. But, like, the second time I saw it, and Frank, that was actually like the first song I can remember. It's that song, and then there's this other song by um, Gucci Mane, Sean Barrett, and Drake. It's called "In My Business." To this day, like I still know like almost all the words to it. So my earliest memory of music would have to be playing and listening to congas and like drums in church. But like my first song that I can remember, I would probably have to say either "Crank That" or "Laffy yeah. Taffy" because that was a big song back then too. Girl, shit, that Laffy Taffy. So like. How was that? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's 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 a great memory. Oh man, I remember crank that back in the day, man, trying to do that dance and all that. Like YouTube back in the day was insane. Like it was actually like uh some kind of euphoric thing that was just showed up and whenever you went on YouTube, you were just 
you would just be looking for those kind of popular videos, man. Crank that, man. That was that was the streets, man. The streets will never forget. Yeah. Nah, it was, it was, that's that's a nice memory to have. I know for me at least, I know that I enjoyed a bit of Kanye. I know Jay Z was one of my first music memories. I know that Jay Z was one of my first music memories. Surprisingly, it was um, it was one song from. I don't even remember the song now. I've lost it. I think I guess I could say for Kanye. I would just say maybe, maybe Good Life is one of my earliest music memories that came out a while ago. I think that was a really nice song. That's with T-Pain, right? Yeah, with T-Pain, yeah. Good Life yeah. was a good song. I Obviously, I remember Crank That, Kiss Me Through the Phone, Drake. He was coming up with his music. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, he, those memories, man, like I, the only time, those are like my best memories because at time during middle school, I felt like I was overcoming a lot of my issues that I had in elementary school. So when the, those music, when those songs came out, I just felt like I was overcoming a lot of the issues that I had when I was a kid. So it really invoked a lot of courage in me to push forward, man. Right. But that funny saying, funny me saying all that for you, what what does music kind of feel to you? Like, how does it make you feel most of the time when you listen to music? Um. Well, it really depends. Like, on the music, I, I, I kind of vary in different ways. Like, some sometimes I like enjoy rap music, and then it's like, okay, like not really that much. <laughs> yeah, then for I, you, I'll switch to like like, um. I switch to like gospel for some time, and then it's like okay, it's enough gospel. Then I'll okay, let me switch to Afrobeat. So it it just depends on the season and how I'm feeling. Like recently, like I mean, I've always I think growing up in the two thousands, like um pop and like not necessarily pop, but like pop rock and like alternative music, like Green Day, like um Lincoln Park, like like all those kind of bands. It's like oh, Coldplay, Nickelback, like, yeah. Yeah, they, those were prevalent when we were growing up. So even sometimes I listen to like rock music too. I'm more of an '80s rock kind of person, but rock is there. And oh, how could I forget? Oh my goodness, R&B music too. Love R&B music. But to me, I, it like I said, it just depends on the genre. Like if I'm listening to, if I'm listening to R&B music, it makes me feel connected, and it makes me feel like how. I guess love and how you should talk to a woman and how you should treat a woman and how yeah. you should like I th it the different genres provoke different emotions for me. So um music like it makes me feel connected in a sense. I I, I find music to be a very very positive but a very like negative thing as well. And I think you can use that in all aspects. But yeah. sometimes like I think I think funny enough, I think it was X. When X died, the connection uh, XX Tentacion, right? Yeah. When he died, the connection that like I had to music kind of made me stop because I looked at a lot of his fan base, a lot of his fans, and you could see how depressed and how depressing they were when it came to his music and listening to music and stuff like that. So I kind of drawn away from having that deep connecting to music because like i feel like what you listen to can eventually manifest and mm -hmm. so music sometimes i try to listen to like a, not necessarily a minimal but not as much so i don't get that deep connection but to me music is a is a it's it's like a it's like a connection between you and how an artist feels or how a group feels or how something feels in general like you know we have different songs that do different things for people like um let's say you're watch you're watching a soccer match and you hear Oli, 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 Oli. Oli, Oli, Oli. yeah <laughs> when you hear stuff like that you know it motivates players it does that like it makes you feel good and whatnot let's say you're at a um a basketball event and you hear um we are tired of money, money, time, like stuff like that. It's just like, you know, so I see music as something that connects you to certain feelings or certain thoughts or certain things like that. Like, you know, 
if you're feeling in a if you're in a sad mood, if you're not really feeling the best, you know, you go put on someone like Rod Wave, someone like X, someone like Juice Roll, people who make music to help you connect to your emotions. If you feel like yeah. make me and feel you feel like hustling, you know, you put on Jay Z, you put on Fifty Cent, you know, stuff like that. You know, if yeah. you feel like energized, you feel like going on a drill. Not saying I'm suggesting that you go on a drill, but if you feel like going on a drill, you know, you put on Dirk, you know, you put on. Herbo, you put on future, you put on that kind of music. So that's what that's how I see music as like, and also like being a musician. Like music is different to us than it is to most people, because a lot of times we don't really see music unless we're composing it. We don't really see it, and feel it as a connection. We just do it. We just know it. We just make it. So it's different for us in a sense, like. People might hear a song and get all sad and emotional and crying and whatnot. And I might hear a song and I might be like, ooh, okay, I like how it goes this and does that and does that. Like, I remember like when Rod Wave first came out and when Rod, when Rod Wave was really, really trending and whatnot, like, I would see people screaming to the top of their lungs and getting all sad and emotional. I was just like, bro, like, he's not saying nothing too crazy. But to me, because I don't see it from that aspect and I don't... I'm not in that world. I really can't relate to it. It's how they relate to it. So I see it as like a channel that connects people to whether it's feelings or thoughts or the artists themselves. So that's how I see music in a sense. That's that's an interesting way of putting it. I think you've really explained in different aspects of how music can invoke negative emotion and positive emotion. But I, I would like to ask... Um, about the positive emotions from that you get from music because for me as an individual I know that when I was in school and I was studying I would definitely listen to instrumentals to keep my brain on the rhythm and the cadence and when I would go to the gym I would definitely play music that's a lot more upbeat with energy to invoke more energy in how I want to conduct my workout but have you ever came across music that was I guess motivating or Maybe inspiring for you to do something beyond your means. Okay, uh, so, song or genre? Uh, I would say for the most part, probably hip hop. But um, so for me, like I kind of have to go back to where I started. So my cousins are from New York or Nigeria, obviously, but from New York. Some of them from Nigeria, some of them from New York. Yeah. And when they would come down to VA for like family reunions or like family trips and whatnot, you know, they came down bringing down. 50 Cent, Eminem, Lil Wayne, uh, Jay-Z, you know, people like that. So when I was growing up, my first music really wasn't like, and I'm talking about like early Lil Wayne too, so not like the auto-tune, Lil Wayne, stuff like that. So my first music was more musical and lyricism, Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't like, I mean, obviously they had good beats and whatnot, but, you know, we didn't really focus on like beat selection and whatnot, like, it's crazy because Lyricism was more of the words, correct? Yeah. So m- more about what they're saying, their cadences, their flows, how they say it and whatnot, pronunciation, like things like that. Like an example I can I can give you is um um Diamonds from Sierra Leone, um Kanye song the remix from Jay-Z. You know, there's right. a line, line where he says, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. You know, somebody who might be reading the lyrics might be like, Oh, like uh that that's corny like he just said the same thing twice but if you actually listen to it it says i'm not a businessman i'm a business man and if you actually and in the instrumental it goes i think um the beat comes out that doesn't come out but like there's no like downbeat on it he says i'm a business man let me head on my business damn like then the beat comes back so yeah i kind of listen more to like lyrics and things like that of that nature that focuses on, on me so um to me a motivational album or a positive album um i would say i have a couple and they're kind of strange but you know it is me like it, it ain't you it's me so my junior year of high school um i kind of got back into like rap and hip-hop again so the sideline story by j cole um Mm-hmm. because um i'm not really one to connect with the artist per se like i'm not like a beehive member or like a barb or like you know i'm not like that i if i like you i like you. if i don't i don't 
but I also use your character and you as an artist to judge whether I like your music or not. So at that time, like 2011, J. Cole was really, really hustling. He was really, really trying to to make his dreams, trying to make this stuff work. Like in some, I don't know if it's on that same album or if it's on Friday Night Lights, but you know, you can, you, J. Cole will say that, you know, he used to be outside Rockefeller, like the, 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 the label, like the actual building, trying to hand uh, Jay-Z his CD and whatnot. And Jay-Z would like say no, like nah, nah, nah. So he just kept hustling and kept grinding and kept putting out good pieces of music. And on the sideline story, I think it's song number 12, if I'm not mistaken, but here's a song called Mr. Nice Watch with none, no one else, another else but Jay-Z. Like eventually like his dream and his goal ended up being there. And then I like sideline story because of the storytelling. He has a song called um, Lights Please. He talks about how, um, you know, he got a girl pregnant and how he's saying like, you know, I can't take care of the baby. You can't take care of the baby. You know, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to put on my position on pro-life or pro-choice, but you know, as, as a 17-year-old kid, not saying that I was out there doing that kind of stuff, but you know, whether it's me or somebody else that might go through, you know, I'm hearing this story about how like he got a girl pregnant and how like he don't know what to do, how he's broke, how she broke, how they gonna raise a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you hear stuff like that. Here's a song called Silent. Here's a song called on. Um, I believe it's called. I forget what it's called, but it's on 2K. It's on the 2K song. Um, and he talks about how like he tried to get a Jay Z feature. Oh, Jay Z not getting my way. I right, do. I do it myself. Like you know. Stuff like that, like, motivates and, like, makes you feel better as a person. Um, another mixtape that does it to me, uh, was a, it's a mixtape, um, Dream Chasers 2 by Meek Mill. I was just young, and I Oh, that's, 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 that's an all-timer right there, Dream Chasers 2. I definitely listened to that on different mixtapes and Spinrilla and all these apps. Like, I, I had that, for sure. So, DC, DC 2 was one that I, I had a rotation when I was a kid, um, Dream Chasers by Meek Mill, for the people that don't know, but yeah. yeah. Right, Dream Chasers too. Um, Nicki Minaj, the the pink, not the pink album, uh, Roman Holiday. Uh, I like I like her first two. The one with her, the one that has her as a Barbie. I oh yeah, Roman Holiday's one. I think the other one's called the Pink Friday. Um, yeah. I like those two because Nicki Minaj was in mainstream yet. Like, this is before Starship. So this is when she was like really, really hustling, trying to get her way there to the mainstream and whatnot. Like she had the features and whatnot, but she wasn't like big. I mean, I mean, well, she kind of was because she had sponsored by Kanye, but like, you know, she wasn't who she was like today. Like, so, and like, it was just like, music like that just made me like feel good while playing video games and whatnot. Like it was a lot of like, like, I don't know, like back then there was no like, I'm gonna kill you, kill you, kill you, slide your block, ops, slide. Like yeah. it, was, it was nothing like that. It was just like, I'm I'm making money, I'm living life, I'm flaunting my riches, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like it was just music like that. So I was a kid, so like that was that. Um, Drake's Take Care. I mean, I, I only I only put it on my list because it was one of like the first songs that I actually like really really like sat down and really listened to um mm -hmm. and i also liked it because at the time uh this is back when like uvu and like kick was still popping and whatnot um ah kick that's an old school one <laughs> i know like i feel like i feel like when i go back and listen to this i'm like dang i'm really revealing my age and whatnot but um yeah all that was popping and drake had this song called shot for me uh yeah. and, a lot of girls like that song so like okay like if the girls like this song that shoot let me listen to this music and, and listen to it one night so that mm, somebody's trying to find the game in the game i see yeah. what you're doing there <laughs> but hey i wanted to ask you a question because you are mentioning a lot quite a bit of music that invoked emotion but you know what's funny about what you said earlier about a lot of the music back then wasn't really as explicit as it is now yeah. Like, why do you think that? Why do you think that? Do you think there's like a lack of creative drive for some of these artists now? They just kind of know the formula and they just kind of reiterate it. Maybe that's why most of this music kind of sounds the same. Or what do you think? Like, do you feel like it needs to evolve in a new way? Maybe just become even more explicit. Like, why do you think it's so explicit now? I feel like I feel like 
I feel like to say it hasn't evolved isn't a fair statement. I feel like it's evolved in a tremendous way. I feel like the ability to paint a picture of how I'm going to kill somebody in many different ways is amazing to me. Like, I'm not going to say like all 90s artists sounded the same because they were all different in their own different way and whatnot. But like what they were doing in the 90s, talking about hustling and making money again to the top is no different than what people are doing now to society talking about killing people and stuff like that. But I think the thing is that to see, I think the success that someone like Chief Keef had from being 17 to being America, not necessarily America's most wanted, but Chicago's most wanted and see how he lived like this thug life and street life. I feel like when, when you can paint that picture of what you go through for the world to see, I feel like it motivates people to try and do the same thing or try and live that same life. And by, by the way, we don't promote killing here. It's just a depiction. Yeah, it's just a picture. But, you know, I feel like when you do that and then you go on Instagram, you go on Rollstar, you go on Twitter, you see all the money he has, all the, the bling he has, all the women he's around, you know, him in the club, all that kind of stuff. It, it motivates people to want to do the exact same thing and do that thing. So people and record labels notice that, okay, this is getting a lot of clicks. It's getting a lot of attention. It's getting a lot of money. Right. Let's put this out more. Like a lot of, a lot of record labels really do not care about artists. They really care about what they can put out and the image they can put out. That's why you see a lot of people. Like if you ever go back and see like, some rappers now today like their pictures in high school you'll be like bro this guy was a dweeb like he was never really like that and whatnot but yeah they got a hit song they got a little buzz they got a little following okay let's turn this guy into a gangster let's turn this guy into a murderer let's turn this guy to the streets now he's, yeah. getting, you know, he's getting all that fame he's getting all that money now yeah i i think before i let you go i think it's creative how there are still various ways to 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 paint that picture and paint that image like you have people from memphis like then i feel like rap is just so good because not saying that that rap is good but rap itself is so good that you can have someone from memphis like push icy paint this picture someone from florida like kodak paint this picture someone from freaking even boston like what happens in boston but you have someone like jordan lucas who can come out and paint this picture philadelphia you got someone like meek mill uh chicago though like we know about chicago so i don't i don't have to even get started on chicago <laughs> <laughs> nah i mean it makes sense like the each each lane has its own art form and where they come from so you get a you basically get an image of where they come from through their lyrics and their their music it it's that's the beauty in it that's what people say music is an art form and and like and before i end like, like and although it's all i guess the same the same thing per se in a nutshell it's different from different regions of America, which makes it so special, makes it so cool. Like, you know, in Atlanta, you know, my slime, my slat, X, Y, and Z. In Florida, you know, you got JIT, you got like that. In uh, Chicago, folks, like, for them, like, it's New York, like, it's different everywhere. So, like, that's what makes it so cool. I wish it wouldn't be so heavy, like, heavily on drugs and killings and murderings and whatnot but before i end it off it's nothing different than what we've been used to listen to like the past 30 and 20 years like it's just more mainstream and it's more accessible to get to the public domain that yeah like biggie has a song called suicidal thoughts how is that any different from juice world song wishing world it's the same thing it's just that in 1995 1996 we didn't have internet we didn't have ipods we didn't have ipads we didn't have tiktok we didn't have all this stuff it was you heard it on the radio or you bought it in cd yeah. now now you can live in the middle of you can live in the middle of kansas as long as you have a phone and the internet you can hear these songs as well so yeah I, but that's why that's why i first started to say that i don't think it's fair to say that it hasn't evolved when it's the same thing it's just on a bigger spectrum now Okay, well, you did mention something about how people can get motivated by how these rappers perpetuate themselves. Now, 
as much as these people can get motivated to go and get money, there is a downside to it because most rappers live a fast life and not everybody's built to live a fast life because eventually you will crash to live in a fast life. So what would you say to those people that are trying to perpetuate the lifestyle similar to that of a rapper when physically speaking, it's not the best uh, journey to take as an individual? Definitely. So um, I would say two things. One, first, you you have to go what that rapper has gone through or what someone similar has gone through to understand why and how they move like that. You just can't be some some 16-year-old boy from San Mateo, California, who, who didn't heard of Blueface and YG and, and Lil Durk's song and think that, okay, I'm about to get into the trenches and now I'm about to be gangster. Like, I feel like those are the people that we see really for real, for real crash out the most. And it's unfortunate, but like, you shouldn't be like that. And then two, um, so I'm really, really into like battle rap and stuff like that. So there's a, there's a battle rapper called Math Hoffa. He has this podcast where he interviews battle rappers, people in general. And recently, he just recently interviewed French Montana. And French Montana was talking about, um, you may not know who he is, but there's a rapper named Chinks who was like, and French Montana's crew, kind of, and like in New York at the time. This was like 2015. So, Chink was actually killed. Um, he was killed in like a safe part of Queens, got gunned down and whatnot. And the killer of who killed Chinks was actually at his funeral and everything. So, like, I I think the second part I would say is to like really watch who you surround yourself with and like watch those people in your environment and whatnot. Like I said, like a lot of people. Just, they just decide one day I'm going to become a rapper and I'm going to just become somebody who I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to talk the talk and talk the street life and do this and do that and do that and just think that you know there'll be a Lil Durk one day or uh, a G Herbal one day but uh, if you look at Lil Durk if you look at G Herbal they're running with people who be, who they've been with their whole lives who they can trust who they can you know who can they, they can count on and stuff like that. Like, if you look at a lot of labels, labels will put people around you. You may not know this person. Like, you've, you've seen plenty of stories, like, of rappers who got money stolen from them and whatnot, who've got right. and them and whatnot from people they don't know because they, they just decided that one day, okay, I can, I have a gift that I can lyrically say good things on the microphone, but I'm not surrounded by good people. I'm not surrounded by these kind of people and, this is and this happens at the end of the day. Like um Tupac. Tupac did not know who Suge Knight was. Suge Knight's from LA. Tupac was from was from New York, lived in Baltimore, got to Cali, and then surrounded himself by someone like Suge Knight. And at the end of the day, Suge Knight ended up getting this man taken out. So I feel like, you know, if you're not from that environment, if you're not from that that livelihood, I feel like you shouldn't try to paint that picture that you are, because you're not. You don't mm. know. You don't know what to do when you're in the club and you hear a bottle break. You know, you don't know what to do when you hear, oh, I got in the car. I got in the car. You know, you know, just because you're from a city like that don't mean that you really like that. Like you have, yeah. you have, you have rappers from like, like, I, I bet like if, if you did not, if you did not know, like, I bet like if you, if you, if you were to go to Europe right now and play Chief Keys music, play Lil Dirt, play G Herbo, play stuff like that. And then play Kanye West's music, play Twister, right. play um, someone like Chance the Rapper. And I bet if you were to ask someone from Europe who has no idea who these people are to guess what city they're from, I bet most likely someone would say, you know, so some them from like Chicago or like Philadelphia or like New York. And I bet if you would ask them what city from Kanye or like Chance Rapper from, I bet none of them would say Chicago. But Yeah, but they're but, both from Chicago. Exactly. So just because... Yeah because you come from that doesn't mean you have to act like that so yeah my advice would be like if that's not you don't do that don't be like that and don't try to be like that and two really watch who you surround yourself with you know if you have good people around you you know you wouldn't entertain certain beefs you wouldn't entertain certain stuff you know Lil Wayne was someone that Drake and Nicki Minaj and all them could put their life in their hands into so now that whenever someone talks about Lil Wayne Lil Wayne doesn't have to speak about it you know Drake and all them could take care of it for him Cause he's you no know, yeah. surrounded by good people. If anybody talks bad about about Eminem today, Fifty yeah. Cent will come to his defense. Fifty Cent will always come to his, you know, 
to his defense to speak on it because you know he's surrounded by good people so i feel like it's just those two things it's a, it's a lot of people who are not about that life who try to be about that life and end up losing their life yeah i think he just put it in some good words right there to kind of end it off that makes a lot of sense for people that are you know trying to perpetuate this lifestyle that they would like to live and as much as we do discuss about music i just want to deviate ever so slightly with what people see on ig like i said you know the fast life because people will see one image on ig or a video of someone just doing something that's like something they would want and they feel like that's how that person's living their life and really their life is more than just a couple seconds you know it's more than just having that fast car it's like 24 oh. hours and then i wanted to add on with you for you i was going to say because this was in the, the first month in the interview as well i think one thing people seem to forget is that when they when they feel like they've made it they forget that there's people around them who want to make it too so yep. you, know, you have people who will go at any length at any will do anything to get there too so that's one thing that we had to take into mind to consideration as well that you know you should have flaunt this or you should have flexed that because somebody wants that just as bad as you do and yeah. somebody go as far as to take it and and become the next big person as well so you know like i said if you're not from that don't do that yeah for sure so to kind of get away from the, the negatives of music i think on a, on a more positive note i think we can look to music as something that's been growing in a sense where like you said earlier like you know it's more accessible someone that lives in butte montana can definitely listen to all the music in the world they don't have to go to the nearest dish shop that may be like 30 miles out from them. They can just listen to their phone, which is great. But now we talk about music in different genres people listen to. One of one of the genres that really helped me out a lot when I was a kid was definitely like, like you said earlier, with a lot of the rock and the, that pop rock, all that, you know, Nickelback, Coldplay. Especially when I was watching like WWE back in the day when they would have that music playing. Playing in the background, it invoked so much emotion. It made me feel like I was conquering the world. And what what kind of music a lot of the time made you feel like you was going to go set out to conquer the world? Because for me, that was definitely one of the early memories that I remembered where it just really pushed me to go on to conquer the world as well, as much as the other music that I mentioned earlier. Um, As far as like to like conquering the world, um, it's funny that you said... uh that you said uh wwe and rock well it's funny because you know that kind of music pushes you like if you listen to rock music for real not like like pop like not like maroon five like you say like nickelback and stuff like that like yeah like a lot of it is like grungy like hard tone music like that will provoke emotion out of you and make you like if you go to rock bands they're raging and they're fighting and mosh pitting and stuff like that for yeah but that's you know that's that but um the music that makes you feel on top of the world um i would say uh yeah by burner boy i don't know what it is about that song i think hey, i think a <laughs> it's a beautiful song but i think the part where he says i know one die i know one die i know one die. Yeah. it just means yeah. die like you know it's like I'm not going to kill myself trying to impress and trying to show off and do these for other people. Like, you know, yeah, do me. And I, I think another thing is another one is, um, uh, 50 cent, get rich or die trying. It's just, it's just the, the name of it itself is either I'm going to get rich or I'm going to die trying. And I feel like people who live their life like that, it's like it's the best life that you can live because no matter what anyone says or no matter what anyone does to you you're going to get rich or you're going to die trying to get rich at the end of the day when you say something like that you put your own destiny into your own hands and you're not depending on nobody like it makes you like get up it makes you really want to like get out in life and do stuff like that i think that's one um, four 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 by Jay Z. I was listening to it. I was actually listening to it last night. Funny enough. Oh, that's a beautiful song. The the song and just even the album itself is just like, especially the song Legacy. Legacy is the last song up there, and it's about black excellence. And it's about like how you how like 
you know, you pass, you pass your gifts and talents to your kid and they do it with their kid and you, they do it with yeah. their You build generational wealth and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, you build generational wealth that way, yeah. Exactly. So, like, those would be songs like that to me. Um, I think the last one, um, uh, yeah, I think just those three, like, I think first would just be Yeah by Brandon Borders' song. I think the album Give It Your Die Trying by 50 Cent and the album 444 by Jay-Z will be like the ones that, and the sideline story, I'm sorry. I keep coming back to that album because that was an album that actually got me back into like rap music in general. It was it was the sideline story. It was Gold Link. Um, I think the album's called At Whatever It Calls. I forget. It's an album that has crew on there. That yeah. Album. Um, it was Jay-Z's 444 and it was it was late registration down one and last but not least it was free crack three by little bibby but another album that actually makes you want to conquer the world is actually late registration as well i think the song um the songs uh i know it's roses 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 that song just makes you want to like like yo like yo you gotta like really like get out of here like that's yeah Can you hear me? Yeah, it's time yeah. to cut it out. Don't worry, I'll edit it. Just keep going. Yeah, even though it's not on the um even though it's not on late registration, uh and it might be on the the song Spaceships, but um GOQ, I think most uh Yeah, that's a uh, nice song to be concert, honest. Yeah. You know, yeah. when Kanye was like picture yourself making three hundred beats of four summers, who can you just kinda of, like you know, you see like the kind of work that they put in. Yeah. And how they got there to where they are right now. It's like yeah. ooh, it's amazing. Yeah, it always brings me back to the time when the rappers are definitely on their grind where you hear the most about their story and how their upbringing comes to light. And really the beauty in raps is really the rapper or the artist in fact, because I don't want to just keep it to rappers of course, but the artist definitely talks about how they got to this point and being able to maintain that level of creativity once they've gotten to that point is what separates them from just being that artist on the come up to an artist that's well known because obviously music is subjective and it's all about general consensus over who's the best of all time it's all about general opinion and consensus over what they feel at the end of the day it's still subjective so I think it's it's good to hear of so much variety in what you listen to. I think it's beautiful to have a variety of music in what you listen to because you can obviously get tired from listening to one genre. So then you go into the next one, go into the next one, and you just have so much flavor you can listen to and intake. But you brought up a great point because it was definitely going to transition into this aspect of the podcast. And... I just wanted to get a bit of a feeling with how you view Afrobeats and the, the timing of Afrobeats and how it is now, like how it was back then and now, because uh, a lot of a lot of my music as of recently has been, I would say, rap, R&B, Afrobeats. I think that's like my, those are like my golden trinity right now. It used to be like, you know, the alternative, like song, music, like Coldplay and then here and there i'll listen to like anime openings but that's not really me listening to like active albums of those particular asian artists but right. more of my genres that's that's my like golden trinity and it's only been recently because of how big afrobeats has been in terms of it getting that international recognition so do you mind sharing because that song yay burner boy i know he was heavily influenced by fella kuti i know that for sure so I was gonna say, um, Afrobeats. It's it's interesting because, you know, Amer- if something is not big in America per se, Americans won't say that it's big. So we gotta we gotta take into account. Fela Kuti has been making was making music in the, the late '60s, and he yeah. was he was going around the world. He even came, he even has an album recorded in L.A. in 1969, uh, making music, and he's the one that actually invented Afrobeats. Um, so Afrobeats has always had like an international setting, just not really popular for real for real in the US. So yes. 
like it's 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 always funny to me when people say like oh Afrobeach like no Afrobeach has just been here you just want to be fed and listen to it um but I think like I said like it's been popular and it, it's had its waves and whatnot but I think what really caused it to really take off was the 2010 World Cup because the you know every World Cup has a song that like you know it's for the World Cup and whatnot for some reason I don't know why but we didn't have one this year. Um, mm-hmm. but if you remember in 2010, even though Shakira was not African, you know, they had the song, it's time for Africa. They had that song. And yeah. then at the time you had artists from Nigeria, you had people like the Bonds, you had Ice Prince, you had people like Whiskey. So like, you know, it, the world cup being in South Africa and in Nigeria being the, the biggest country in Africa with the biggest artists and their music being played in, at like these events and whatnot. And it really helped it right. take off. And then you see, like, Afrobeats is already big in Europe anyway, because if you think about it, like, a lot of, like, people in England and whatnot, a lot, yeah. of, the, a lot of the black people are immigrants. Actually, yeah. yeah. Immigrants, and they're actually African and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they go to their pubs, they go to their bars, all that kind of stuff, and they're playing, they're playing this music. It's just that America was just always a rock country, as of up to recent and hip hop was emerging in America as well. So like it really, America was still stuck in this trenches from coming from rock to hip hop while the UK already has rock, already has house, already has like all this other kind of music. Boom. Now we're playing Afrobeats and whatnot. So I think that's really what it was. And then, like I said, access. So like once, a song like so we we've always had like big songs in america you know we had whiskey in the early 2010s and then we had mm-hmm. in the mid 2010s you know we had Kids yeah. so we've always had that but i think i think when people start to see nigerian weddings and see people spraying money and see people dancing and see people listen to this kind of music like mm, like yeah the pop culture has helped yeah they're like mm, this music is kind of groovy and then you see a notice some R&B music, you know, switching to kind of like groovy, like funky kind of music and whatnot, you know, people are dancing more and more and more. And then you have a song like, yeah, take over. And I think, I think, well, it's really fall for real, for real. But I think another thing too is that, you know, a lot of Nigerian and African artists were trying to be big and like American artists and like UK artists that they stopped taking out their, they stopped putting their local dialect, their local languages, putting more English put in more pigeon so people can say what they're saying and whatnot you know yeah. Brennan, Brennan boy has plenty Brennan boy whiskey they have plenty of better songs than like last last and essence and stuff like that but if you notice those songs are predominantly english so people yeah. can people can, so people can resonate with that yeah exactly so you feel me like you know a, a song like yeah like i bet i bet people won't say i know won't buy i know won't me, but when they say die yeah i said yeah that. yeah so i think that's what it was and just like pop culture just helping it take off and then you see that you know the, su- the support that you know africans have for african artists how they was able to push them come to their tours come to their shows and whatnot and see all that kind of stuff it's like mm, like hmm American American record labels are like, ooh, like let's push this and push this and push this and push this and push it out more and more and more and more. And then eventually now it's here. I mean, I still feel like it's just getting started. But yeah, it's just getting started. I can give an example like with concerts. I mean, the amount of people that show up to these Afro beats artists concerts. I mean, you can see the numbers. I mean, for smaller artists, of course, there's very few in that smaller venues. And then the bigger artists I think recently Burner Boy was here in DC and he, I think he sold out the Capital uh, Arena. Yeah, he sold up the Ca- Capital Arena. And he sold out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, too. he sold out Madison Square Garden. So it's, they're coming, right? Like the big artists are coming. So, but in previous years, it wasn't really the case like that. It's not like the venues they would particularly sell out. But more and more of these events, when bigger events and people, you know, posting on TikTok and, becoming a fad and all these things i think yeah like you said it's definitely starting and once it definitely gets to a point where a lot of the smaller artists start to develop that kind of traction as well it will definitely be something that's going to be in the map in the usa because you know once the usa gets a hold of something 
it yeah. definitely blows up to a level because you know remember uh, i don't remember if you remember that report where rap became the number one genre and it was like so evident because any bit of rap music that you hear now like rock is not even touching it like rap is literally the face of almost a lot of the music now like definitely. in terms of promotion if a if a if a song if a if a movie is being promoted they're gonna definitely look for a rap song that hits people's nostalgia rather than rock back then it used to be rock but now it's rap and it's gonna stay like that for a while and i'm not gonna say afro beats will ever get there but it'll definitely be up there for yeah, sure you, you're actually starting to hear like i was listening i mean not listening i was watching a ufc fight and they were playing i came in the background so like yeah yeah but i was also going to say another thing too is that back to this whole like if something's not popular in america it's not popular like you know a lot of African artists will come to America and not really make that much money, but like go to London, you know, go to Germany, like go to all these European countries where like a lot of your people are there. And like, and I think one thing too is that America had like a, we have, we have a lot of Africans, but we don't have a lot of proud and like really culturally like knowledgeable Africans and whatnot. So it's yeah. like, it's like, why go to this place? when people there aren't going to come out and support me. Let me go to London where these people can speak their language. They know their country. They know their stuff. They, they eat their food and do all that kind of stuff and make my money. So I feel like once like Americans really try to wake up and be like, you know, I'm Nigerian, you know, I'm Ghanaian, you know, I'm from Sierra Leone, you know, I'm from Kenya, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, so I listen to African music more and more, you know, getting it hip and out there and whatnot. I feel like that's when they realize, hmm, okay, now we can make money in America. And then when you have so, and then I think another thing too is that fashion. I think fa the fashion of a lot of these artists pushes people to be like, ooh, like, Burner Boy got that. Like, if you ever see Burner Boy dressed, you'll be like, oh, this boy really can throw on a good outfit, a good fit. Yeah, so yeah, I've seen it. You see stuff like that, and it's like, hmm, like, uh, some of his fits are a little weird, but yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> So like you see like you see them put on these good fits and whatnot and you'll be like hmm like this will motivate me to actually like you know try to dress like I have a friend yeah. right who's from Kenya and this dude does his best to dress and act like yeah. Burner Boy and whatnot so you know when you see somebody who's who made it from the gutter yeah. who's come from where you've come and now is on a big stage you're going to want to promote that you want to want to be like that act like that it's the same thing with a lot of american artists as well it's just that a lot of african music isn't per se about killing it's more about having fun women and enjoying life and whatnot yeah i think a lot of people can definitely resonate with that like you know the, the enjoying life part you know that soft life that life where you just kind of enjoying life in the moment i think people can resonate with that with afrobeats at least that's what i get from it and then there's some instances where I just feel like it's invoking emotion of positivity some way, somehow, even though they may be saying something mad, just how they're saying it and the way it's yeah. being produced, it just sounds like something very positive. Right. Yeah. So, and especially if you don't really know what they're saying. So it makes a lot of sense for people to feel like there's just nothing but positivity from that music. I would say another thing about, about, um, for beats music. I think in people accepting it because I, I yeah I, I'm definitely I definitely agree with you know in Europe because a lot of people immigrate there so they have a stronger community and the community is relatively close while as you're going to America it's like a whole different journey and the assimilation process in America is way more I guess you really have to really assimilate into the culture of America and maybe people do forget about their roots but I feel like that clock is turning back because as people get older they realize they want to be more and more distinctly different. And people, as they even go to school and college, they're starting to realize that it's good to be different. Because back in the day, you know, when you're, if you're African in America, man, you're getting yeah. made fun of, you're getting roasted, you live in a hut. But now people want to wear your clothes. They want to listen to your music. So it's think, the clock is turning back. It's turning back. The clock is definitely turning back. And I think, because I'm, uh, I'm actually a product of this, I think Black Panther was something that actually insinuated that transition. Because me, if you would have told me in 2017 to put on an African fit or to speak your about or to do a dance, I'm telling you, no. But yeah. when Black Panther came out, I had this one girl who sat in front of me in AP US history. I was about to say her name, but I ain't gonna say her name. But when Black Panther <laughs> came out, she, 
always beg, oh, Adam, talk like T'Challa, or Adam, Wakanda, whatever. And so, like, when I seen that, like, mm, like, although Wakanda isn't real, but it's based on African and African people, and these people like this stuff, okay, let me, you know, transition back into actual Adam or whatnot. Then you yeah. see me, you see me in school, you know, teaching my friends, like, slight Yoruba, you know, telling them my middle name, my, yeah. you know, like, I move, like, you know, stuff like that. Like, I, and, I, and I think Black Panther played a very, very vital and important role. It came at the right time, too, to be honest. The timing of the movie came out at a time where, like, you know, Black people were being kind of prosecuted and it's just like, you know, police brutality. So it came at a time where we're kind of trying to invoke that emotion against that police brutality as well. It came at a great time because if you if you remember it, when Black Panther came out, Victor Oladipo wore the wore the the, the Black Panther mask of the dunk contest. Yeah. Although, although he didn't win, it's the fact that he did it that you know Oladipo, a Nigerian man wearing a Black Panther costume, singing to Nicki Minaj, doing the dunk contest on a global where you know where the whole world is watching. You know. Yeah. It just put it out. So actually, I sh I should have mentioned that as well. I think black panther really like put made that push to, for it to be cool to be african and you know and to have to be black and proud and all that kind of stuff because if you realize like most marvel movies yeah you know, and that's not to like to like downplay them but robert downey jr white chris hemsworth white andrew garfield white uh toby the guy that played the first spider-man white you know all these uh mark ruffalo who plays hulk white you know you have all these white 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 people and then you have t'challa who is played by rest in, rest in peace chadwick boseman who, who who then ends up becoming the biggest box office marvel movie of all time you know about africa you know it's like come on like how can you not wake up after that yeah yeah makes sense i mean we've come a long way and speaking of coming a long way we've come to the an end of our podcast man it's been a great conversation man like i feel like i had a lot of fun talking about music and i felt as the conversation progressed it evolved to different different angles and aspects and i would just like to ask one final question before we get to the end of our podcast today adam it's been a good one what is currently your favorite genre and who is your favorite artist at the moment Okay, um, my favorite genre is definitely okay. So specifically, it's Afrofusion, but Afrobeats is my favorite genre. My okay. favorite, my favorite artist in that genre. Okay, I I'll do my favorite rap, my favorite um R, I'll do my favorite rap R and B, and Afrobeats artist. So my favorite R and B artist of all time is Jodeci, but you know Chris Brown is a Hey, listen, I got to find some music from Jodeci, man. He has some really nice music. Yeah, so Jodeci is actually, they're actually a group, by the way, but, you know, I'll let that slide. They're a group, but they're my favorite. Yo, so that's that for R&B. For hip-hop, for all time, my favorite all time is Lil Wayne. Like, I I just was listening to Lil Wayne when I was seven years old. I'm I can go to my age, but I'm old now. So that just tells you like how long I've been listening to that man. And he can't do nothing wrong by my side. So there is there there is one lyric that lives rent free in my head from Little Wayne. It was on this Tyler Creator song. Um, he said he said um, he said I'm staring at a tramp on lean and make my eye jump. Oh my goodness! I was like, okay, the double entendre there is crazy. Yeah, smoke so Yeah. On smokers, yeah, exactly, yeah. And then my favorite, um, my favorite Afrobeat artist thing for my favorite genre. Okay, so I have a personal favorite of all time, which would be Whiskey, because Whiskey was the one that that invoked the African nature in me. I have a cousin who DJs, and he he came to Virginia State in 2011, which is the same yeah. time his album came out. So yeah. me, music, and him being a DJ. He knew about Wizkid and whatnot, so when he played for us, you know, bless my heart. Wizkid being my favorite all time, but as of right now, I think my favorite would probably either be, um, it's a three-way tie between Bruno Boy, Ashaquem, and this new guy, 
excuse me, this new guy named Shay Vibes. He's up and coming right now. Uh, he's he's getting a lot of buzz right now in the clubs and one in Nigeria and some parts of America. He's not there yet, but 2023 is definitely his year. His name is Shay Vibes. You heard it from me first. Go check him out. I'm telling you, he's going to be in the next and upcoming big Nigeria. All right, people. We got a plug. All right. I hear you. Shay Vibes is the guy, I'm telling you. All right. I got you. Well, thanks for sharing, man. I'm pretty sure we will have more conversations in the future. Not only talking about, you know, music, but various culture with the African and black culture and how we assimilate and what has changed because there's so much to unpack to this outside of just music and us as individuals. So I think it's going to be a good conversation we could probably have in the future. But I would, I would just like to say thanks for coming on, Adam. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I really enjoyed cool. the conversation. It was definitely a different conversation and different change of pace. I think I learned quite a bit from hearing you talk. I actually didn't believe you would talk so much about so many things that you're interested in. So I guess I learned something new now. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, Before I, before I go, though, because I said the first song that I kind of remember it was Laffy Taffy slash Crank That. Um, the first song, because I didn't say I played music, the first song, funny enough, that I remember playing on keyboard is um, Count On Me by Bruno Mars. I forgot to mention that, but Count On Me by Bruno Mars and Lay You Down by Stan Smith, sorry, Sam Smith, were the first yeah. two keyboards. So I want to throw them out. Them two men, Bruno Mars and Sam Smith, have changed my life for the for the better. So I love those two men. Well, keep 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 playing that music, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can go back and listen to this plenty of time, people, because we named a lot of music for you guys to go on and listen to and maybe invoke some good emotion, positive emotion, and find ways to motivate yourself because this is definitely a different take on my podcast. And be on the lookout for more episodes like this because there'll be plenty more episodes like this where we're not just talking about the typical thought-provoking conversations we can be talking about music talking about my personal interests such as anime sports all these things can come up but they will have a progressive tone to it because we are here to have a progressive conversation and at the end of the day we learn from each other so i'm going to come to the conclusion of this podcast please everybody i hope you guys are all safe wherever you're at wherever you're listening from hope you have a good day a good night a good morning whatever floats your boat for that moment in time and adam do you have anything you'd like to plug before come to the end of this podcast? uh yeah definitely you can follow me on instagram at odogu that's o-d-o-g-w-w-u i got a photography page the at is the young rebel that's t-h-e-y-u-n-g rebel you know you see like the the creativity rebellious so I didn't spell young correctly, so it's the young rebel. Uh, <laughs> um, happy New Year to those who I haven't spoken to or hear my voice. Happy New Year to you guys. Hope this is your best year, and that's it, man. It's good talking to you, Amadou, man. Yeah, man, that's love, love, man. Listen, uh, people, he just plugged in all his information. I will plug that in the description, as well as things that are in the description. My personal ID will be in the description. The Wrap It Up IG will be in the description. And also, you can make a free free account on anchor.com and send in a voice note. So maybe one day me and Adam can talk about something you brought up in a voice note and have an elongated discussion about. So people, please, it's for free. Share in your voice notes and just be part of the community. That's all I ask. All I ask is that you guys be part of the community and we continue to be progressive in the manner we talk to each other. So... I think it's about that time to wrap it up, people. Peace. Peace out, y'all.